Hi everyone, welcome back to Socially Distant Tea Time. I am Caitlin McGrath, founder of Be Her Village, and I am joined by the lovely Evelyn Page and Laura Atten, both licensed clinical social workers and uh, maternal mental health specialists. And this recording and this session and this podcast started because we were all sitting at home in quarantine scared out of our brains. And I called up Laura and Evelyn and I said, please help me. I need help. And I'm sure our community needs help too. So we started recording these. We kind of took a hiatus in June, July, because we started being the busy. Summer, I think. Yeah. It was the beginning of summer. <laughs> oh, we're at the beach and there's, oh, we can't meet. And it was like a really natural ending to our socially distant tea times because we were less socially distant. However, um, I think that it's a really great time um, heading into winter and with everyone back in school or to school or homeschooling or whatever everyone's options are, I think we're entering a new phase of this. So we're starting it back up again. Thank both of you. Thank you both for coming and, and making time for this and making time to reach out to the community um, about this subject again. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. Evelyn and I texted a couple of weeks ago. It was like, we need our tea time back <laughs> and for sure. um, with school and the colder weather right around the corner and cases are up and, you know, second, third waves and threats looming. It just has felt the need for it has come back. Definitely. Yeah. It yeah. really feels different from July. July mm -hmm. felt so normal. When I would go to the beach with my kids, it's like this place that you naturally socially distance. You're outdoors. It felt carefree again. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's, it's not feeling as carefree anymore. And there's, um, I mean, there's this issue that I've been really actively working on. I might as well open up with that. The um, specifically for pregnant people and people trying to get pregnant, um, that the partners are not allowed in mm -hmm the prenatal appointments, they're not allowed in the sonograms, they're not allowed in fertility appointments, they're not allowed in postpartum appointments. And this horror show that I just found out about is that some places are not allowing babies in postpartum appointments. Oh no. So oh. mothers are skipping them because- Right, of course. Mm -hmm. separate a, a yeah. tiny six week old baby from their mother. Yeah. So the, what little postpartum care we had is already out the window. So there's these, so just as like a plug, we have a petition, we have um, all these things going on for that. So I'll, I'll link that uh, to anyone who's listening, but there's an incredible amount of stress continuing, I think for mothers and for pregnant people and for all of us. And it really feels different. So what are you guys feeling? You're feeling similar um, things happening in your own life or in your, in your professional worlds. Talk to me. Evelyn, we do want to start with your, by the way, if you're not watching this video, Evelyn has, in previous episodes, she had like tied back, very tidy and neat bun hair. And right now she's sitting here looking 20 years younger with a super sexy head of blue hair, cut <laughs> and blown out and gorgeous. So I don't know what happened in quarantine, Evelyn, but... <laughs> I think it was just my reaction to being cooped up and, you know, the end of, towards the end of the summer, I think I was just, I was a lot more stressed out, you know, trying to figure out like going back to my kids are in daycare, pre-K and daycare. Um, so it was just kind of like, all right, whatever. I just need to do something fun and finally felt like, okay, I can go out to the salon and, and do it. So I just did it, you know, it was, it was sort of 
just something fun to do. Why not? You know, so my kids <laughs> loved it. I think. You know, Evelyn, that you went out to the salon because the last mm-hmm. time we met, like I was certainly going out, I think more than anybody on this, on this mm-hmm. thing. Laura, you were kind of like finding your balance. Yep. Evelyn, I was in between. Haven't left my house in three, four months. With yeah. no plans to ever, ever no leave. No plans yet. to ever leave. No. And I'll say I'm still pretty, I'm still pretty actually close to home, you know, and I, like, when I even went to the salon, I called, like, a few times to make sure, like, what are all their protocols, and could I get, like, the first appointment of the day, you know, could I kind of be in, like, a separate space, like, I'm still pretty careful, um, still pretty restricted, you know, but I was just, like, I, I need to do something, so that was, this was my thing. <laughs> Good for you. Well, yeah. Amazing. For Thanks. Um, so your kids are in daycare? Yeah, so they went back to daycare right after Labor Day, yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it, it was like kind of a, a tough decision because we were just like, what what does this mean in terms of, are we going to be able to see family members after that? Because we do have family mem- like close family members that have a lot of health issues, so are being very careful. And does that mean it's going to sort of cut off our the social interactions that we do have? Um, but we kind of you know, we figured that out. We kind of worked it out for ourselves. And I mean, our kids are used to wearing masks now. So, so we can still see people. We are just much more careful. Um, everything's still outside. Um, and our, our kids were, well, my four-year-old was kind of asking like, when can I go see, you know, this friend or that friend? And, you know, just kind of taking all of that into account and, and knowing I was on you know, I called daycare like a million times. It felt like just to like verify, like these are these are all the things that you're doing to keep everybody safe. And and our daycare had actually been open this whole time. Like they never actually closed because you know they have parents that are essential workers and needed it, and they've never they never had um, a positive case. So wow. clearly they were doing they're or they are doing something right, um, and obviously teaching kids about being socially distant and or physically distant, I should say. Um, so we kind of like, it was still nerve wracking, um, but, but I think it was kind of the best decision for everybody and they're doing great and everybody's still healthy. Um, but with that, you know, and I think probably a lot of parents can relate to that, you know, the, after like a week and a half, one of them came home with a runny nose and you're kind of like, <sighs> what does that mean? Is that a sign? And like, and I am not like a germaphobe person. And like last year, I feel like my kids just perpetually had runny noses because that's what happens when they go to daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it just carries like a lot more like, you know, this, what do I have to look out for? So again, it's just kind of reminding myself that like they are healthy and, you know, school is taking precautions and we're taking precautions. So we're just kind of doing the best that we can right now, so. Yeah, I think uh, that decision to send your children or not send your children is one that everybody has grappled with. And I think mid-October, we're probably, on, everyone has made that decision to some extent, um, whether it's remote learning or homeschooling or in-person or daycare. Um, but I, my kids are homeschooled and we have already had two COVID tests for two kids because because of runny noses and fevers and not feeling well. And, and I'm the kind of parent that like, 
any other time. I'm like the opposite of a germaphobe. I'm like, let's get our immune system going. You know, like we don't, we are very lax about, we wash hands and, you know, we have hygiene, but we're not doing any antibacterial. We're not being, you know, we're not nervous about germs. And so it's been really weird for me to go from like, I would never bring my, I bring my kids to the doctor literally like before I bring them to the ER. Like <laughs> that's how sick they need to be <laughs> because I treat them at home. And most of the time there's not that much you could do. And I'm in contact with the doctor, but I don't usually bring them in. And to have to, for a runny nose, have to go into urgent yeah. care and have them do a test. It's so unfamiliar to me and it's uncomfortable for me but I also feel like I can't be a responsible citizen and I can't be a responsible family member and I can't I can't just take the risk and my husband's a New York City school teacher I can't take the risk that our family would infect other people you know I'm, I'm actually way less concerned about my family being infected I'm so much more concerned about us somehow getting it without symptoms and spreading it so it's it's an interesting pattern of like having to shift that behavior on my end. Um, and I don't know if you all found this. So we, um, I saw this in my practice and with my friends too, of like, it was left to the mom to decide whether or not to send the children to daycare. And it was all like well-intentioned of like, well, he is usually he, but my partner's supportive of whatever I decide. And it's like, but that's not the support you need. Um, and it felt like, that that was her choice to make. And I heard a lot of themes back in August um, when that was being decided of, am I being selfish by sending my kids to daycare? Am I being selfish to send them to school? Um, and if something were to happen, I wouldn't be able to live with the guilt. And you know, that that was so tough to work through of that that narrative we have of if I'm having someone else watch my children, I am being selfish and indulgent. I read a wonderful article recently about how this like myth that that mothers now are just putting off childcare to other people like we've never done before. Like women used to stay home and raise the children. And that's just such a myth. It's like we actually are doing way more than any other parent generation has ever done with their kids. And okay, like both of you are like nodding. I just like we're doing way more, yet we have this narrative in our head that's telling us that we're doing less and we're not doing it as well as that mom, that other mom. And I've heard this so many times in my sessions. I'm like, can we all just like make a group together? Cause you all are all saying the same thing. She's doing it better. You know, she's calm and patient. She spends more time with her kids. She's choosing not to send them. And I'm like, who's this? mom you're talking about like right. what unicorn it's a myth it's a social we, it's a, it's media construct and i've actually um so i'm i chose to homeschool my children and i um for many reasons and probably not like the like it's not for infection it's more just they they need it they need like you know they need to not be in an environment where they're so restricted. And I, I don't know that they were thriving in, in the school that they were in to begin with. So it is what it is. And it's the choice we're making. But I think that there's this myth, because I've this is the second time I've pulled my children from school to homeschool them. And I feel like there's this myth of like this homeschooling, like goddess mm. mom mother who like has little children all around her so calm and unfazed and like getting it all done and like I know a ton of homeschooling mothers and none of them are that like they're all we're all the same and 
there's this image too, like people think, I just recorded this, um, this like presentation for a summit that I, I was asked like unconscious and confident parenting. And they were like, what's one thing that you would like tell people? I'm like, we're literally all struggling. That's what I was <laughs> You see my hair? Like I washed it and brushed it because I knew I was recording this. Like everybody, there's this image of like that people are doing better than us and, and other yeah. people have it figured out. And the reality is like, literally every single person is struggling in huge ways sometimes and in small mm -hmm. ways sometimes but there's not one person that has it together and and walks around going i've i've completely got this yeah. down i've totally nailed this mothering thing um and i love what you said laura because this this idea of of uh being like less supported than our previous generations like our parent my parents my father talks about like and not that his parents are like the model of parents but like he would go at like age seven like miles away from his house like yeah. they were just yeah. and even as a kid they were like, just sent out four or five years old days, off you go mm -hmm. <laughs> we had boundaries like on our block and even my kids we've set that up for them today like they have like three friends houses and a park that that's their boundary in the in the neighborhood and all the parents just text each other like hey they're coming home or hey they all landed here but um it's not it's we used to have a village we used to have parents all all everyone in the neighborhood was your parents and there wasn't this pressure to entertain your child and watch them and and be everything for your kid because you had a community of people that did it and that is really i think what's missing the most in in this time of parenting, but then in particular with the pandemic, because we're getting cut off from what little community we might have built already. Right. And mm -hmm. it's it's really unfortunate. Um, yeah. I also read, sorry, Laura, I also read an article about how parents are leaving, how, excuse me, women are leaving the workforce. Because like you said, it's the women that make the, that the onus is that they're making less money or they're in charge of childcare and they have to, they have to flex and often flexing right now looks like staying home to, you know, cover remote learning or homeschooling or daycare or whatever it is. But it's really, there's so much more pressure on women these days, I think, mm -hmm. than everybody else, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, the, it's, it's interesting to me, the Be Her Village launched <laughs> during this. And it's like, you know, the village, the Be Her Village has always needed to be there. Um, and because we didn't have the village and now we've taken away the tiny little circle that people had. And I hear that too. And, and you know, the, the babies born during the pandemic, the early ones are now six, seven months old. Mm -hmm. And I hear so much of um, that, that grief and the loss of experiences, anticipating grief and loss over the holidays. Evelyn, you mentioned this, like, should I have the grandparents around with, with we're stuck inside, like just so much nervousness taking away from the joys of, of babies, of newborns, um, and, and not feeling supported in that. And um, I, I am glad to see now that doulas are coming to the house and that people are opening up their offices to welcome people in. Um, but, you know, there's still people who don't feel comfortable with that. And I get it. Like I get where people are still not at that comfort level. And, but that also means that they're alone during a time in your life when you don't need to be alone. And that's such a, a big message I send. So I want to say here is um, that the idea that you should be doing all of this on your own 
is just false and it's unreasonable. And so it's not you that's failing, it's the community and the system that's failing you. Um, and, and so I'm saying that to the mom that has the new baby and the toddler. I have a few of those where it's just like, you're stuck at home with a baby and a toddler mm-hmm. all the time. Of course you feel like you're drowning, like, but that's not a reflection on you. That's a reflection of what the situation is. It's the situation that's hard. Yeah. I was just talking to um, a friend of mine and she actually runs the Be Her Village blog and she has a 14 or 15 month old daughter and she signed her up for gymnastics lessons, which they're having blast. But I said to her, you know, I never did that as a mom. I never signed my kids up. First of all, we were on a super tight budget. And number two, I just felt like it was a waste of money to like have my kid go just, you know, do a thing with somebody else. But I realized that what I did instead was I used free community resources. Mm -hmm. And those are all shut down right now. I went to, every day I went to, I was pregnant. I just moved back to Long Island. I had a toddler and I would walk to the library with him and we would, you know, play in the library playroom and he would make friends and I would like force women to talk to me. (laughs) I needed a connection. And it's so sad. The other day I didn't have um, access to the office and I went to the library and they were like, what do you need? I was like, oh, I just want to go in and, you know, use the bathroom and work. And they're like, no, no, no. You need to come here to pick up a book or to make a copy. And that's it. And you have to sign in and sign out and temperature check. And it's this, it's this, these resources, these places where we used to meet and these places where if you needed a new community and you needed to find other people, they're shut down. And it's, it's really unfortunate because it becomes an access issue. And that's, again, that's like why Be Her Village was created because there's, this like two tiered system. Now, if you have the funds, you can go sign up for, you know, support groups and you can sign up for little play groups and and that sort of thing. And if you don't, you can't go to the library playroom anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's really too bad. In good news, the nesting place is open now. So there are Mm -hmm. lots of virtual and paid and unpaid free and, and, and paid, um, events. So that's, if anybody's listening, check out the nesting place, li.com, I believe, but they're also on Be Her Village. You can go on Be Her Village and, uh, look for them there because it's such a huge resource. Um, it's incredibly, incredibly needed right now. They have everything. I was, so it was my first time in my office space there yesterday, but it was my first time like getting out of the house to go somewhere to be professional mm. since early March. Yes. <laughs> so it was definitely a, an odd feeling for me, but yes, their, their grand reopening is on Saturday. So I'm excited. I have my eye on a couple of yoga classes. They have like a preschool yoga and my daughter would love that. So that's amazing. Yeah, I actually, so I'm in the Gaia midwives Riverhead office. So my children um, attend a co-op some of the time Mm -hmm. in Riverhead with like homeschooling families. And so sometimes I get to drop them and work alone which is super exciting um so I am renting space from Gaia and it's like I told my husband I'm like this is so weird it's like I have like a commute and I don't have to work on the couch and I have a space and I'm getting so much done because I don't have children and and I and I realized I think and I'm, I'm curious to hear like I think you guys have a little bit more like set appointments and but I found 
myself being really hard on myself during the pandemic and during that work from home phase because I felt like I was scattered, probably like due to the depression and the anxiety. <laughs> My brain was just a little foggy. But even without the mental health issues, there were just children around. So I wasn't doing a good job of parenting them and I wasn't doing a good job of paying attention to my own tasks. And suddenly I'm like here in an office quietly by myself and I'm getting so much done. And it makes me wish that I was more gentle with myself, you know, because I think a lot of us don't realize how hard we're working and how much we're juggling until you kind of step out of it. I look back at raising three kids in almost four years and like building a doula practice and attending birth. And it's like, what was I doing? Like I should have been not doing all of that. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. But you know what I mean? I think that there's this sense of like being so hard on ourselves, despite um, we would never do that to like somebody else that has all mm -hmm. of the things on our plate and is juggling everything. Yeah, I know. I mean, the, kind of like the one, it felt like a broken record that I kept saying to a lot of my clients of just like, you weren't meant to work and watch your kid at the same time. Like before this, you wouldn't have gone to work you know, if you're, if you're an, a lawyer, like you wouldn't have taken your baby to work and be expected to work while taking care of this child. So like, why would we expect it now? You know, like, mm -hmm. or, like how could we do that well now? So that was something that kept coming up for like, like you said, for so many moms, um, you know, or the person that's doing all the childcare to kind of, you know, and I felt it too. Like I, you know, I wasn't, I'm not like immune from that. I'm just like, how am I supposed to do sessions with my clients and my kids are home and sessions are supposed to be quiet and confidential and private? Like how, like it's kind of wrapping your head around how do I work and raise my kids? Cause they weren't going to date. Like, you know, I mean, our kids were not going to daycare. Um, Speaking of working <laughs> <at> home. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think it took, you know, like I said, I kind of kept saying that and some of my clients eventually are kind of like getting it like, yeah, this, this is hard, but it's hard for a reason because, you know, you can't, it, I had a lot of moms early on who did have newborns in the pandemic and, you know, maternity leave did end and now they're like, I'm like breastfeeding. I should, I should continue to breastfeed because I'm home and my baby's home, but I'm also back to work. So how do you navigate that? You know? Yeah, I think it was pretty close to impossible to be a working mother before the pandemic. And I think that all, all bets are off now. I mean, it's just, it's really almost impossible to do it. And the if we can like just reassure one person that's listening that you're not alone and that this is hard for everyone and that no one, not even your therapist and not even your doula, we maybe less than anyone have it together. <laughs> yeah, so I, the reason I could do it this time, it is my toddler's nap time. And my, my toddler's nap time, my daughter just finished her math class because on Tuesdays and Thursdays and every other Monday, she is remote. <laughs> so I have to set her up and then get her pencil for her. And then she needs her ice water and <laughs> various degrees of need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, I, I had to stop expanding my practice. I was going to expand to Mondays in the fall um, because my toddler's in childcare on Mondays and I, I couldn't. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm juggling a two-year-old in kindergarten. Um, and it's, 
some days go smoother than others, but it's definitely tiring. And it, it does it, a message I also want to send because I have to tell it myself is it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, I, I just did it recently. I'm, I'm working on building a workshop that I'm really excited about and with someone else. And we were both like, can't do this in October. Like just need to say we're excited can't do it right now and saying no and and I think that's going to be something really important over the holidays mm-hmm. of it's okay to take things off of your plate and and not do it all because um you'll end up I, I was feeling depleted every day exhausted falling into bed and it's like wait a second that's not how that was fine for a month it's not fine. Like we're on month seven of this. Um, so say no, when you need to say no. And as you just said, like I'm, we're juggling it too. And mm-hmm. it doesn't always go smoothly. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. I tried. So I have this like hour long drive in the afternoons from Riverhead back to Farmingdale where I live. And I, I got really excited about this is when we started the advocacy work on the partner issue and getting partners back into prenatal. So I had a call scheduled with Sarah Topping, who's um, the head of the East End Birth Network um, in Eastern Long Island. She's awesome. And she's helping me a whole lot with this. And I remember just getting on the phone with her with the three kids that like did not want my attention to be elsewhere. And they, they know in the car that I can't like reach them. And they know when I'm on the phone, I can't reprimand them. <laughs> you can't threaten them or do whatever you're going to do, you know? So it was, it was great because it was another mom. She has three kids. She totally gets it. And I just was like, I just have to get off the phone. I'm so sorry. And I called her back. But it was something I think I might not have done. I might have, like, just tried to power through and you know? And mm-hmm. it was just like, I, I can't do this right now. And I have yet to schedule another call during that time because – I've learned that that time is not mine to do work. That's time that my kids want to debrief. It's the first time they've seen me all day, you know, after a few hours. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just like a limit that I've found I need to set. And it's made my life a lot easier. I love how moms with our text messages, it'll be like, I'll be texting, texting, and then I'll hear back from you in three days. And then you'll hear back from me in two days. Evelyn and I have done that stuff. Yeah. Just like, and, and, I stopped apologizing and I've told people to stop apologizing to me because like, I know you have kids. So Mm -hmm. I know that you're texting me when you can and that's okay. And I'm fine with that. And, you know, we all just need to be kind to ourselves in this time and be understanding of it. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, like I, I realized I mean, sometimes it does creep back into my head of just like, oh, I never, I didn't respond to Laura that, that other day. And then I'm like, well, but she gets it. Like, it's fine. I can respond tomorrow. And it's, you know, there's no, you know, expectation there, um, right. you know, and, and I found for myself too, that I really had to, like, in terms of saying no, I'm like, my practice did get a lot bigger. And now I'm kind of, I'm at a little bit of a point where it's just like, what did I do to myself? Um, but I had to like start blocking out just time because, you know, you know, when kids get home from daycare and we do dinner and the whole nighttime routine, I'm like, I want to be present for that. And I was starting to overschedule myself. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to do that. I did. That's not, that's just not what I want to do with, you know, I, I don't want to have to like rush through dinner because I want to fit in one more session afterwards, um, you know, or do something else that I need to do like that chunk of time is like family time, you know, and, and, you know, we have morning time, we have family time, like the middle of the day, 
can be work time because kids are in school, you know, or daycare, whatever. But it's but it is still hard to say no sometimes. So and that balance is hard with you sending your kids into school. So now you have lots of parents that um, have chosen not to do daycare or don't feel comfortable sending them to school. So they're doing remote learning and or homeschooling, and it it really just adds this whole other layer of of self-care. I remember making a plan to homeschool and like the top of my list was self-care, which was a huge thing for me because I have never up until truly this pandemic, this is one of the silver linings for me anyway, is that I think every other part of my life from becoming a mother on, I just did things like, you know, I look back like, what was I doing? I just, I wanted to do doula work. I was excited about it. And I, I went with that and I I had more kids and I just kind of built this fairly hectic life for myself. And it was working kind of, you know, a lot of things were working, but I was getting exhausted, like in my soul. I was getting really tired. And I think the pandemic was really good for me because I struggled really hard, but I, in, in coming out of that struggle, I had to focus on myself. I had to focus on my family and I've kind of like learned how to set new limits on where my energy goes um, because of the pandemic. And so there is that silver lining there for sure. And, and that is where like, when I thought, how am I going to homeschool these kids? Like number one was like, it wasn't like math. It was like date nights <laughs> and like exercising alone. Like those were my, that was my spreadsheet for homeschooling. It wasn't like, how are we going to teach the kids? I'm like, they'll be fine. They'll learn, but how am I going to survive this? And, and that was a real shift for me. So I think it's a, uh, important for people to kind of put themselves first sometimes, especially moms, because we have a tendency to almost never do that. So not do that. And if you find yourself struggling to do that, sometimes we overschedule to avoid those quiet times with ourselves. And if we create enough chaos, it keeps us distracted from maybe some other things. So if you're listening to this and you feel like, oh, that might be me, that's when you, you know, a good time to reach out and, and get some support around that too. Because I, for, for some, it's like, if I overschedule and make my life chaos, then uh, I don't have to face some things that are difficult to face too. Absolutely. Yep. I, it's yeah. like nail on the head, Laura. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I am going to wrap this up because I know we're out of time and I'm just so grateful that we're starting this conversation again. And uh, hopefully this, will be something that we can get together on and discuss hopefully every week, if not every other week, because certainly I think for me, we brought up so many great things here today, but um, a personal point that I would love to talk about next week is the holidays and how we mm -hmm. plan holidays in the pandemic. Cause it's something I think I'm feeling like preemptively sad about. <laughs> so I think we should discuss strategies for dealing mm -hmm. with that and accepting that and, and ways to make it special, even in the pandemic. So thank you guys Sounds so good. much. Thank you. Thank you. See you and talk to you. See you next time.